0: This is the Moshpit Backstage Podcast for punk, metal and rock interviews and segments. So, hey, you are here with Jacob from Wash Pit on Sin 90.7, and we are joined with Josh Scogan who is one half of the 68. How are you doing today? I'm doing real good. That is real good. So I heard it's uh, nighttime where you're at right now.
1: Yes, uh, I'm in uh, the United States, and we are real close to the middle of nowhere. <laughs> we are uh, just somewhere in, in the mountains. um but it's beautiful and it's uh yeah, been a very pleasant drive through these mountains, so yeah.
0: I have no complaints. So your second record is the sixty eight comes out tomorrow. You're about to, you know, get on tour in Australia very, very soon and you've been making just chaotic music since the very early start of the two thousands. How are you keeping up with all this after all these years?
1: <laughs> um, I don't know how I'm keeping up with it, but um, you know, songs keep coming and some people seem to enjoy them, so we we meet somewhere in the middle, and it's very uh, <clears throat> it's a very pleasant you know spot for me to be in since I enjoy writing them and performing them, you know.
0: And yeah, as I just said before, two parts viper comes out tomorrow. How do you feel about it, and what can fans expect from this new record?
1: Um, I, I'm very excited about it. Um, obviously, anything new and, and fresh for us is, is very you know exciting. Uh, uh, part of the process, but um, I, I don't know. I, I, it's hard to, to explain what people can expect from it. I mean, it's um, it's a journey. There's definitely uh, highs and lows, and uh, mm. the the album was recorded over a seven month period. We we never had we we toured so much. We never had time to go. Okay, we're going to write for this month and then record this month, um, which is how well, I've done every record ever, um, and so. This record is not like that. This record, we we had to pop in and do two nights here. We had to do a weekend here, go out on a tour, then come back and do, like, you know, three days here and just different things. So there's a big, long journey involved with that, you know, and I think each song sort of, uh, you know, some of the songs were written in the comfort of my own home and in the summertime, some of them were written in Europe in December, freezing cold, and so I think there's a, uh, each song is sort of, stands on its own two feet and kinda of has a different vibe and a different feel and, and I've never done a record like that before in my life so I think it's very unique to anything I've done before.
0: Was it really hectic trying to organize all of that while you guys were on tour?
1: Yeah, it was very hectic. Uh because the basically we were we, we toured so much but we also knew that, you know, if we didn't get it done uh last year like recorded like finalized and and at the end of the year last year we didn't want to be sitting on four years between records you know and so um so we knew we had to get it done but uh but it was very hectic to you know uh, it's like oh we have a a week home and i'd call matt goldman the guy who produces our records Mm -hmm. and. I'm like do you have any free time he's like um uh, if you want to come in at midnight tonight i can record for six hours <laughs> yeah you know? and so uh we would piece together little things like that
0: you know how was it recording with him again because he is a he's a production genius
1: yeah it's amazing I, i've done everything with him uh for for many many years so uh we we work really well together and we you know like a lot of the same things and care about a lot of the same things so mm. it's it's very organic and very peaceful to be able to, you know, go with him uh, time and time again.
0: I know you've had heaps of experience in playing, like, as a live band in the studio. Did you take the same approach with this record?
1: Um, this record we didn't. Almost every record there's at least a song or at least a part or something where, you know, we do it live just because it's easier. Yeah. Um, but this record, because of the way we recorded it, like I was saying, I mean, there was there was times where we pop in and just do drums, you know, or mm-hmm. just do, you know, just the vocals for a song that we did two months earlier, you know, so um, there was definitely no, uh, uh, it, you know, it was all kind of pieced together as we, as we, uh, as we, you know, went through the year last year, you
0: know. Yeah, How was that for you piecing it just together throughout the year?
1: It was cool. I I really liked uh, a part of it, but, the, but <clears throat> it, I think it's it might be a lot healthier to, at least for me, I think it's a lot healthier to, you know, dive in headfirst for Mm. a month and then record it for a month and then you're done. You know what I mean? Like all the craziness, all the hectic, all the, you know, pulling your hair out to to how much do you want to, you know, how much of yourself do you want to expose? How Mm. much do you want to keep back All those little, like, you know, it can be mentally, uh, Pretty daunting you know and and yeah. maybe you kind of enter sort of an unhealthy space, but when you when you when you release it and and it's done, yeah. it's done, and you can go you, you carry on you know whereas this was kind of like uh seven months should I do this, should I not do this, should I change this should I not should I expose this you know so um It was cool to do it. I've never done it before, so I enjoyed that part of it, the the freshness and the uniqueness for me. Uh, I don't know if I'll ever do it like that again, Um, just because I think think it's a lot healthier to sort of dive in and then just be done, you know, instead of having it kind of linger over you for seven months, you
0: know? Yeah, yeah. Did you change a lot of the songs from their kind of initial conception throughout this seven months? Did a lot of them change, even drastically, music-wise during this whole year?
1: There was a couple that did. I tried to find a healthy balance because I think rock and roll should be spontaneous. I think it should be impulsive. Mm. Um, I I, I tend to find that, you know, the gut instinct is the right thing to do, especially with rock and roll, you know. Um, But I also... You know, I wanted to take advantage of this thing, this this opportunity that I've never had before. Which was, mm-hmm. hey, I've been listening to this song for two months now. I can make changes if I want. You know, yeah. um, so I tried to found a, find a healthy balance. And some songs never didn't change one bit. You know, some songs stayed exactly the same. Um, and then some songs did did change drastically. But you know, I tried to find. I, I never. You know, I don't want to overproduce it. I don't want to overthink it. So, you know, I tried to find that healthy balance where it was like, okay, take advantage of this opportunity, but also let's not, you know, suck the soul out of it, you know.
0: So you mentioned kind of in a recent interview that you you wrote one of the songs, or you started kind of getting the idea to write one of the songs by tapping your ring on a coffee mug. How much did you kind of experiment (laughs) with, with different sounds and sounds that came from things that kind of weren't made from musical instruments on this record?
1: Um... Well, that's something that we entertain a lot. Um, we mm. it, it, All the records I've ever done, i I really interested in uh, different sounds that aren't just a guitar and drums. You know, um, I, I find joy in, you know, experimenting with a bunch of different things like that. And with the tapping my ring on a coffee mug, I mean, that's literally how the song got written. That's how it how it evolved it was actually me actually doing that and then i was like wait i kind of like this so i need to really you know do a, a quick demo recording of this sort of idea mm-hmm. and then when we went to record the song for real you know we had talked about different things different noises different whatever and, and at the end of the day we just thought it was hilarious to keep it as is so i literally grabbed a coffee mug and i took my ring that was already on the finger and i started tapping <laughs> so um <laughs> You know, I, I just, so that when you listen to it, you just think, that's funny, that's where that came from, and, it, and it's, you know, it stayed true, you know, so. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm always, you know, trying to, you know, like, rub, you know, I don't know, rub two, two different things together and, yeah. and see what that feels, you know, see what that's like and everything.
0: In terms of the sound, I mean, I've only heard the two singles that have been released, but I kind of can't help but feel that there's a really personal tone that kind of comes through, and even the music itself can... Seem quite restrained for you at some points. So, kind of, how did this, like, I guess the stuff on this record and the tones in this record differ from the last 68 record?
1: Um, well, I think it all starts from the same place. You know, it starts from sort of this idea of passion and, and, and sort of like a, an aggressive tone and a sound that, you know, sort of balances between grunge and blues and, mm. you know, where does that, where do we, where, do, where does it lie? But, um, but there's definitely, you know, like, I came to this record with a whole lot more knowledge um, of guitar pedals and and different guitar pedals I like, some I didn't like. And, mm. and uh, you know, so I think there was, uh, whereas when I was doing the debut record, I <clears throat> was brand new to guitar pedals. You know, in, in previous bands, I was just a singer, and we never even did much with guitar pedals. It was just heavy all the time. so. Okay. um so our debut record was very you know like we're, we're uh, trial and error let's let's try this, let's try this. with this record, I came to it with a whole bunch of you know a bag of tricks that I yeah. uh, was able to pick from and 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 some we kept some we didn't, but you know at least it was a, a good healthy sort of starting point you know.
0: Do you think, you know, having that knowledge of pedals, because they can be quite tricky at some points, and even being in a duo too, do you think that helped expand the sound and kind of help that creativity flow a lot better than it would, you know, previously to this?
1: Um, I think there's pros and cons. I think uh, I, I'm a big fan of sort of, I, I feel like I work better uh, with kind of less cooks in the kitchen, yeah. so to speak. But um. But at the same time, I think there's, uh, you know, there's always sort of that element of like, what if someone throws this curveball that everyone enjoys or whatever. But, um, but um, yeah, uh, I think it was a very, you know, kind of organic process this time, mm. and it and it and it and it worked well.
0: I wanted to ask, you've also kind of spoken about a dream that you had here in Australia when you were halfway through the record about a about a man in a suit. Did you want to go into that at all? And I was also wondering how much do kind of, I guess, uh, abstract experiences and dreams and stuff influence your work, and has it ever um, found its way into your work before? Um,
1: I have had a couple dreams affect uh, different things here and there. Um, I wouldn't say it's the it, it's not what usually happens. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in a sense, um, that that's definitely. Definitely, where the the title come from, uh, okay. but as far as like you know, it, um, I don't know, like affecting any of the music or any of the songs or any of that stuff, um, mm-hmm. it had very little little effect, just because uh, we were probably you know almost halfway recording yeah. the record or whatever when it even popped up, you know. So
0: it's still, it's still pretty cool. I like dreams. I,
1: I I to me, I find dreams very weird and very you know very interesting. I don't Same. I don't fully understand them, but I like the idea because it's something something in your conscious or subconscious Mm. is conjuring these things up and I enjoy that part of it you know but uh, but it's also sometimes just really random and (laughs) you know it's because you ate weird pizza that night that you had some weird dream but all of it can be used for art,
0: you know, so. -hmm, Definitely. (laughs) And another thing that has been very, very prevalent throughout your work and all of your musical output is the heavy inclusion and the use of feedback. And I find with people that love feedback, and and this is with me too, for some reason I just love it, people have this really kind of innate feeling towards it and you can't really pinpoint why you love that kind of high-pitched, screeching sound. So I was wondering, where did kind of that, that love affair with feedback and heavy distortion start with you?
1: Um... I think it's probably just the idea that it's it's wrong, you know like it's it's mm. not supposed to be happening you know what i mean there's uh there's something that maybe drew me to it in the very very early stages of like writing music and creating it's like you know when you have something feeding back it's like it's in you know in theory it's oh, harmful, it's, it's mm. harming this, you know, this instrument, it's not so, you know, and I think for so many decades, people spent so much time trying to avoid it and trying to, you know, to, to clean it up and, you know, and so, um, you know, obviously being a, you know, uh, having grown up like in the 90s where it, it became very prevalent and everything, mm. I, I just feel like it, I don't know, somehow I really connected with it and I just enjoy thinking of it as an instrument, not as a you know a sound that you know we were trying to avoid or whatever it's like well how can we incorporate this you know yeah. and it's just so harsh and so kind of in your face that i, I really I, I don't know i find myself enjoying it uh, maybe a little
0: too much sometimes and you're also coming back to <laughs> australia in july and you guys have taught here a fair few yeah. times in, in recent years what is it about australia that um keeps you coming back and what can uh-huh. fans expect from these new shows
1: I love Australia. Um we, we are big fans of the of the country and we I mean I, I like travelling in general. Um but yeah, I mean everything about it, the I mean iced coffee and the, mm-hmm. the sushi rolls that you can just get to go, mm-hmm. those are just things that are just amazing. It's mm-hmm. amazing that y'all have just done that. Um <laughs> and um uh, for for us, I mean it's just great to, you know, to go to such a beautiful country and just be able to like, you know, um we have a few friends there now, and everything, and so just the familiarity, and um, it's, it's very pleasant, you know. And as far as mm. what to expect of the shows, I mean, I don't know. We, we don't have set lists. We don't have. Uh, we don't, you know, try to pre-plan anything out. Mm. We try to let it, you know, leave it, leave room for for it to organically grow and, and be what it's supposed to be for that night, and for those people, and for that crowd, and for that city, and for that mm. time, you know. So, um, all I can say is that, you know we're going to have a good time hopefully it'll be loud and you know we can all just head bang together
0: one of my favorite live like, live videos ever and I, I watched it again today was that video of you guys in Perth in 2011 and I wanted to ask before I go did you really <laughs> did you really get kicked out of that venue because um, someone smashed a bowl of pans like did they actually just smash the bowl we of pans absolutely. and kick you out
1: we absolutely got kicked out of that venue because of that. That's wild. <laughs> to be wild. fair, I, I, think that was the, I think that was the straw that broke the camel's back. I don't think it was, <laughs> you know, I, I think there was already an issue, and that was the thing that, like, you know, was like, this is it. But, yeah, yeah, we definitely played three songs, and we're not allowed to play anymore. Whoa. And he threatened to call the cops the whole bit. And so when Jeez. Homeboy offered us to play at his house,
0: we were like, Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that show looked insane and I'm so upset that I missed it but thank you so much for having having a chat with me today and um, it's been really great and I can't wait to see you guys in July and to hear the new record tomorrow I hope uh, it's going to sound fantastic Awesome, I appreciate it, thank you much Thanks for listening to the Moshpit Backstage Podcast You can subscribe to us on iTunes and Omni to find out more about the show, go to www.syn.org.au/moshpit. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com/moshpitonsin, and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at moshpitsin. The regular Moshpit Radio Show broadcasts punk rock and metal tunes and interviews every Thursday nights on SYN 9.7 on FM and digital radios. Listeners outside of Melbourne, Australia can stream SYN 9.7 online at www.syn.org.au. Thanks to Vintage Ruin for the music. Hi, this is Sir Matthew from Gun Apocalypse. Hi, I'm Enid from Girl School. I am Phoebe Pinnock from Heaven the Axe. Hey, this is
1: Gary Oldman of The Hey, this is Kat
0: Sproul from Horizon's Edge, and you're listening to The Moss Pit on
1: Stim
0: FM. Hi, this is Aina from Leopard.
1: Hi, I'm Virginia Lilly from the band Lily.
0: This is Round from 1349. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is
1: Ali from Zebrahead. Hey everybody! This is Charlie Benante with Anthrax, and you are listening to the Mosh Pit on Ten.